0: Welcome to The Diving Pod. I'm Olivia Rosendahl, nine-time national champion and USA Diving Operations Coordinator.
1: And I'm Heath Calhoun. And I'm Aaron Rooney, and this podcast is brought to you by Sideline Scout. Uh, Video replay, obviously the most important tool in diving for us. Uh, We were fortunate, and we'll talk about this later in the episode, but down at the Moss Farms 2028 and Beyond coaches and athletes skills camp we use all of their sideline scout equipment including the box and the clipping and uh it, it's such an amazing piece of technology we were even able to tag some of those videos from the practice sessions bring them to the video session at night and go over all right here's andrew capo bianco doing this and here is you know our camper doing this can you spot the differences what are we uh, what are we coaching here so get over to sidelinescout.com use our link in our bio of Instagram that kind of helps us out. But, uh, yeah, like I said, sidelinescout.com, get yourself hooked up with the best in the business.
2: All right. So jumping in here, Olivia, just kind of take us through your journey, how you started diving. Um, a big one that our listeners have really been, um, interested in is the recruiting process and then, um, where you are now and how you got there.
0: Yeah. So I grew up diving. I, Used to swim, I learned how to swim at the local community pool, Rose Bowl Aquatic Center, which is a big thing in Los Angeles. Everyone might know it. I was just doing lessons there and I was really bad at swimming. I enjoyed sitting at the bottom of the pool and not really doing the laps. And at the end of <laughs> practice, they would let us go over and jump off the half meter. There used to be a half meter at Rose Bowl, jump off the half meter at the end of practice once. So one day I ran over there and I went off the board and the diving coach came over to me and told me, maybe you should try diving. And I went to diving and that it was the end of swimming. Yes. Um, (laughs) So I did club my whole life. I went from Rose Bowl and then I went on to Trojan dive club. And as I continued, I had some successes. I had some failures as a junior athlete. I didn't grow very very quickly so I was kind of at the bottom of the pack throughout my high school years and I did mostly do platform mostly because I was so small I couldn't really push the board very well so I went into college recruiting thinking that I was just going to go have that college experience and kind of dive and um, use it really to propel myself into a really high academic school I kind of was focused on the academic side of it and I did want a good mix but that was my real goal in that was just get a good degree, finish out my diving career and have a good time. And that's how it all started, I guess. That's,
2: that's great. Cr- so what schools did you look at?
0: I took recruiting trips to UT Austin, FSU, Stanford, and Northwestern.
2: And, and you chose Northwestern. Why did you choose Northwestern? What stuck out about Northwestern for you?
0: As athletes, We're really lucky that we get to go experience the schools before we can commit, before we have to commit. And I use those to the best of my advantage. And I went in with a really open mind in all of them. And I just got this feeling when I stepped on Northwestern's campus. And although it had some, um, some things like the pool weren't really up to par, and there were some not so great things about it. When I stepped on that campus, when I saw everyone, when I met the coach, when I met the team, I just knew that those were my people. And I knew that there was, wasn't any other choice.
2: That, that's, that's great. So this might be a little bit of a goofy question. And I think this is a good question for athletes that are going through it to hear. What was the transition like from Southern California weather to Northwestern weather in uh, Chicago, Illinois?
0: I will say, I think every single person should experience some live in a different place before they settle somewhere. So I'm really glad I got that experience. We never got school canceled once. It was freezing. I got a coat and you just get used to your hair freezing outside while you're walking (laughs) to class right after practice and sitting in class soaking wet because your hair just melted all over you and... That we got can- class canceled one day because there was a polar vo- vortex my senior year, and it was negative forty with wind chill. Yes, <laughs> uh,
2: that's cr- that's that's like Aaron's every day in the winter yeah, time well, in Minnesota.
0: Not quite every day, but yeah, a lot.
1: Um, <laughs> what You've I'm it way worse up there. It, it's it's fun, and <laughs> I'm not sure fun would be the right way to describe it, but yeah, you just you just learn to survive. Um. <laughs> What I'm really interested in hearing about is I know that you're an NCAA champion on tower and at Northwestern, I know they don't have a 10 meter. So can you take us through, you know, what training looked like and then how the heck you did that?
0: (laughs) Yeah, our, obviously dual meets are only one meter and three meter largely. So, and my springboard, mm, (laughs) not super great, but I trained a lot of springboard. I did a lot of drills and then we did have a five meter mm-hmm. at Northwestern. So I, at every practice I would do my one meter or three meter list. It, this is in the heat of season. Mm-hmm. I would do my one meter, three meter list, and then also do my platform lead ups. So mm-hmm. some days I would do all three. It just try to fit everything in and kind of touch it. And I do really think that I was able to continue throughout my collegiate career and after, because I wasn't on 10 meter all the time. Mm -hmm. And I really had to listen to my body and know, have that aerial awareness to be able to just go up and add a flip. And I think that the lead-ups are more important and that's why I was able to be successful.
2: That, Well, I'm so curious. uh, Drew Johansson gave you a really cool compliment. We were in a, a session at our, the camp last weekend. And he was like, I wanted to win. I wanted our girls to win 10 meters so bad. And sometimes great athletes will succeed like in spite of circumstances. And he's like, Olivia would win 10 meter. And they didn't even have a 10 meter. Like, what was that like hearing Drew kind of say that to you?
0: I, I've i never heard it from his perspective because it was kind of an upheaval that year because I wasn't really supposed to win. Um, I just go in, I went into all these competitions, Just to have a good time, I think Mm -hmm. you can look at it in a way that you don't have this so you're not going to succeed, but I was just going to have a good time and see my friends and, you know, celebrate this end of the season and I just kind of fell into place on the days. And to hear Drew say that and also after listening to how they plan and how much like how precise <laughs> it is and everything. And then I just kind of whip in there. I don't know.
1: <laughs> yeah,
2: absolutely. Um, you know, as you kind of mentioned it earlier, like the heat of the season for the college season, you know, what did you do to kind of mentally prepare as you go through a, such a long college season preparing as you get to NCAAs as well?
0: I think the hardest part is that there's no really opportunity to work on new dives and work on bettering yourself in this season, because if you have aspirations within the NCAA and within USA diving, where do you fit in that actual work work Mm -hmm. and building up through the season mentally, just kind of preparing to trudge through all those dual meets as the swim coaches are kind of saying, "Hey, we need your point."
1: <laughs> <through> all that
0: <laughs> trauma," and then move on to the real fun, which is when you go to the conference and yeah. in the, in the NCAA yeah. zones. And I think the hardest part is moving from zones to NCs, mm-hmm. because it's just one week turnaround, so yeah. being able to kind of manage that and know that I'm just going to do my best at zones and then go have a good time at NCAAs (laughs) yeah
2: So, so so for you it really was just like you were laid back you went with the go with the flow and like the payoff was NCAAs I get to see all my friends hang out go compete at a big meet again like you have you always been like this laid back and go with the flow
0: I think I think it comes off a little bit grander now that I'm saying it out loud but I've always been just one to go kind of celebrate the competitions and I love being with everyone and I am not a great practice diver. I'm just kind of a perform diver. So competition was my time to shine and just my time to put it all out there. So
1: that's awesome. love that. Before I get into my next question, um, I'm really interested in the school part of Northwestern. In the Midwest here, at least in my mind, Northwestern is kind of the top academic school. How did you balance that in school and with your diving, and then what did you study?
0: I love school. I just <laughs> love learning. And I really challenged the concept that athletes are not intelligent. I think that we develop skills that maybe put us at a better level to facilitate learning. And um, I went in and I was undeclared until I had to declare because I just wanted to take classes that I liked. So, I ended up with international relations, French and political science.
1: Wow. That's, that's unbelievable. And how did you, how did you balance? What was your, what was your schedule like, you know, between judging or juggling practice and school at such a high level for
0: each? I, you strike up. It's the same for any student athlete. I think you just strike up good relationships with your professors and do the work and, put your head down and go to practice. I think also we didn't have doubles all the time. I think Northwestern was a little bit more lenient with practice. We only were in the pool an hour and a half a day. So wow. I think <laughs> I did other things outside, uh, outside of just the in the water time, but largely I think the schedule was pretty relaxed. And sure. this one semester, one quarter, we do quarters. I was gone for five out of the nine weeks of learning (laughs) and (laughs) i just made i just talked to the professors and i was really on top of all my work and i did it all remote before everything was remote and Mm. it was okay (laughs) you
2: you know drew's you know (laughs) drew doesn't have any hair you know he's pulling his hair out even more whenever he hears you dove an
1: hour and a half a day
0: (laughs) <laughs> like what that's insane. Probably even last senior year.
1: <laughs> that's crazy. Wow. Um, so my next question, I'm really interested. What exactly is an operations coordinator? And can you just explain your role within USA diving?
0: Yeah, so I am kind of a catch-all at the moment. I think we're in the hunt for an events coordinator, but this past year I've been running the event schedule and I've learned a lot doing that. So everything about USA Diving, but also running an event. There's so much that goes into it. Um, I kind of just act as a liaison between all the departments and make sure that we're on top of projects. And I have been trying to build relationships with facilities and make placement of events easier and just a bunch of little projects to try to make USA Diving just a more cohesive Organization
1: Sure, so lots of
0: travel at this point. I have been super lucky to travel a bunch this year to all kinds of events, and obviously I spent most of my summer in Midland. Um, but I've gotten to see a lot of regions and to be actually on the ground with, at regionals and then at zones and then at nationals was super beneficial in knowing how the constituency is thinking within USA diving right now, I think. Sure, cool. So I guess
2: um, when I hear that you're kind of a catch-all right now, what would you say is the part of your job you're most passionate about?
0: I like puzzling things out into how I can help ameliorate the conditions of the organization right now. Mm -hmm. So I know this is a question later on, but I really am avid about, number one, getting a schedule out as early as possible so that people can plan. And then also just transparency in the organization to create trust and show that, you know, what USA diving wants is just what's best for every single diver and to make sure that every single diver feels like they're part of this family.
2: Do do you think the, the reason you're passionate about those things are because of, I, I just try to relate it back to what you said, like you always got so excited to see your friends and it's like, do you think you relate it to like, as an athlete, you wanted to know what the schedule was so you could plan accordingly. And you knew when you were going to see your friends and what days you competed. And like, do you think you value those things because of what you were as an athlete and what you valued as an athlete?
0: Yes. I wouldn't go that far with the schedule thing. I think that is just an easy target for me right now that I can change that for the constituency. So that's easily reachable. Um, but definitely in terms of, I gained so much from being an athlete and from being a diver and I really think that every single kid should have that accessibility um, to sport and to the benefits that it provides because I am a better person because I did because I was a diver.
2: That's awesome Um, you know so I guess this is kind of a we're going to look backwards and forwards as well you know what were your goals as you progress through your diving career? And do you still have any other goals that you want to work towards in the future in the sport of diving?
0: My so in high school, I would tell you that my goal was just to go to college. Um, I really didn't Absolutely. think I was very good. I have this video of me doing inward two and a half pike on 10 meter from my senior year nationals, where I went off and I, flip and I got to double and I just stopped and came out and hit the water and (laughs) piked. that just sums up my high school idea of myself um in college my freshman year my goal was to make it to NCs Mm -hmm. and I made it to the final at NCAAs um so that really surpassed my goals and then For sophomore and junior and senior year, I think I just wanted to go to NCs on more events Mm -hmm. and winning was never really in my eyesight. Um, Post-college, I had Olympic dreams and I had to recalibrate those as the years went on with COVID and everything. And then my goal was to make it through Olympic trials and to really just love diving and perform for myself. So I think that the goals can kind of evolve, but as long as you're doing it for you and your love of the sport, then it's always, that's what is the most important goal.
1: Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. I like that. So
0: at this point, what would you tell a young diver
1: that is aspiring to be great?
0: I think they just have to find themselves in the sport. Like, why do you love this sport? What is this giving you? And how can you use that to catapult yourself to greatness? You know, it, you don't need the best facility in the entire world to be great. You just have to be passionate enough to get in that pool every day and do whatever it takes to have a good time at meets and perform. And if you don't want to be at that top level, just diving. And if that's your goal, then that's important too. Yeah.
2: That's awesome. Um, You know, so kind of looking backwards here to last weekend, we had the pleasure of getting to see you at the 2020, 2028 and beyond coaches and athletes camp. You know, what was the experience like from your perspective?
0: The camp was totally ingenious totally untapped I don't think there's ever been a skills camp like that usually camps that I've experienced are all about learning new dives and doing as hard of things as you can um to kind of regress I say with air quotes to that skills so many kids had such a good time because they felt those changes you know Mm -hmm. and that's the base of diving in this country and to see just so many people come together and put their heads together about different skills and techniques and be passionate about it and willing to learn. That was really, really special to witness. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It was, yeah. Go ahead, Aaron. Well, I was just going to
0: say, I brought the the, um, the
1: the teachings back to my high school team. We had a meet get canceled yesterday. And I took it as a perfect opportunity to just introduce a couple of things we talked about there. And and I, I'm not kidding you. We had the best practice that I've seen those girls have in their careers. You know, when you break it down and specifically look at the approach and what parts are being judged and what parts flow properly, and then you move on to the other seven steps of takeoff connection spot uh come out adjust for entry and then entry um you look at all those little details within each one of those steps it was so fun to have a couple light bulbs go off in my girls' heads you know whether it was just basic body positioning and and you know coach how come my back hurts when I do back one and a half well you're leaving the board with an arched back instead of reaching with your shoulders and your hands and just that click of oh yeah that that makes a lot of sense it was so much fun to bring that back even to you know what I would consider is the most basic level in high school
0: and that's exactly what Drew said to me after when I was talking with him after the camp he said seeing that light come on in some kid's face as that correction clicks that's why he's doing it that's why we're all doing it. that's why we love diving
1: Yeah, for sure. So a a good question for you here. I always put people on the spot and ask how, you know, NCAA can improve, USA Diving can improve. What would you say we could improve on our event to make it even better for the future?
0: I think planning, getting things out early enough where people have information (laughs) to plan. Um, I really am passionate about helping hosts build more revenue so creating a plan for revenue generation um and that's very in the weeds i know but i think that's one reason why people don't want to host events right now and i think that diving is a very profitable sport so working on stuff like that and events wise just kind of making them more engaging for the fan base and making them a good experience for the athletes yeah so perfect there's a I'm lot gonna to write all about. of those
1: downs. Yeah, but <laughs> the, the the information one. I mean, we even touched on that after mm-hmm. we did our little recap, and it was like, you know what, next year we're gonna be a lot better, a lot more prepared. Getting the information out when, where, how long we're gonna be there. Um, we were getting phone calls and and emails about, hey, you know what, I'm leaving on Sunday, but what time? And mm-hmm. that was a great question. And um, you know, now that we've done it once, we've seen it be successful. It'll be a lot easier to make some of those super easy. Uh, tweaks and changes um so I I appreciate that thank you
2: so as we uh talk to you it becomes very apparent I don't know if you do have a lot of time outside of diving but what are some of your (laughs) passions outside of diving or outside of your job
0: um I read a lot I love reading I um I like have a lot of food adventures, and I love trying new foods, and I like trying to cook new foods.
2: <laughs> That's awesome. He
0: was watching me stuff my dinner in my mouth when I got <laughs> <on>. <laughs> um <laughs> I like to take walks outside and hang out with friends. And I'm trying to get into tennis right now. I'm not very good, but I really like it. So, um, trying to find other sports that I can do now that I'm a retired diver. <laughs> um, That's yep. awesome. I'm interested with everything. So I'm that's always awesome. trying new stuff.
1: That's cool. My dad has a phrase. He says, when was the last time you did something for the first time? And I feel like that totally encompasses Olivia. <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> yeah. I always want to try new things. And that's a fun, it's a fun exercise because a lot of times we just kind of get stuck in our routine. And so you, you ask yourself, when was the last time you did something for the first time? And that's always fun. I love that. I might yeah. steal that yes please do. (laughs) go ahead please do yes um so i got another random one here uh when you're not reading and you're just kind of taking some chill time what's your go-to tv show
0: i don't watch a lot of tv um but either some kind of documentary or i've been re-watching Shit's creek recently yeah so that's (laughs) I, i watched it with my family during covid so now i'm i've Go and delve back into that, and I find myself talking like them sometimes. So I try not to do that. <laughs> That's awesome. That's
2: adopting so awesome. Uh,
0: adopting the accent. Yeah, I
1: I feel it's like horrible. I came home from I feel like I came home from Georgia with a little bit of a southern drawl. <laughs> my, my girlfriend's looking at me like why are you talking like that? I'm like, ah, don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> all right, well, we'll get into our signature questions here. Uh, we don't treat failure like it's a bad thing. We, like, we treat failure like an opportunity for growth, either winning or you're learning. So in that context, what would you say your favorite failure has been?
0: Okay, can I give three different failures? Yes, absolutely. Okay, so my first one is from high school when I was learning. This is a more diving focus. Well, they're all no. Yeah. They're all diving focused. The first ones in high school, when I first learned my first three and a half, I did inward three and a half on 10 for the first time. And I absolutely, I got called out. I kicked out straight at the water and just slap <laughs> <smashed laughs> my face with my arms down and trying to come back from a smack like that is really hard. And that was the first time I had ever really had to take a look at what I was doing, build back up through it and have to trust my coach that this is a dive I can do. So that kind of failure can both, that I think that both built my relationship with my club coach at the time and also helped me in the future whenever I tackle new dives. So I think you kind of need that first big smack to kind of whoop you in the booty. Yeah, Um, My second one isn't as much a failure as just um, the experience that shaped, I think my success in the NCAA, um, my freshman year was also the 2016 Olympic trials. That's after my freshman year was the 2016 trials. And at the end of my freshman year, I started getting really sick and I actually wasn't able to go to trials because I was in the hospital and not a lot of people know that, but watching the event from home and watching all my friends compete kind of lit a fire in me and I started learning harder dives that summer after I got well and that the next year I won NCs and it just kind of kept spiraling up so I really look at that occurrence as something that fueled my success throughout my collegiate career so bad things that happen to you don't always have to have negative. Effects, and then my third failure is kind of revolving around COVID and my post-collegiate career. I had a really hard time coming back from COVID and building back up to where I was before, mentally and physically. And at about three months before trials, I wanted to be done. I didn't want to do it. I was struggling with my hard dives. I was not happy being at the pool and I took a month off and I kind of recalibrated and I came back and I went back to some of my easier dives that I love doing and I tried to kind of well, I didn't even I just I just kind of fell back in love with diving and wanted to do it for me and it's not about going to the Olympics or anything. It's about just doing well at trials. So that I took that negative mental state and turned it into a positive. And then I had a really good trials experience and a great end to my career. So that's awesome. Yeah. But no,
1: that's okay. We always like when there's, when there's more. So that's, that's excellent. Um, Next one here, you're in USA diving as a, I mean, for your job. So what would you say USA diving can do to improve? There's always room for improvement.
0: I touched on this earlier, but I really think that USA Diving and the whole constituency would just benefit from greater transparency and better communication, both like I'm trying to do with the coaches, but with Mm -hmm. the athletes and divers in general, and just making it clear that it's one big group, one big family, and you can rely on each level of the hierarchy that builds the organization. Cool.
2: So looking at your time as an athlete, what was your favorite drill to do or most beneficial drill? It could be dry land or water.
0: Ooh. Um, this one's newer, but and it's not technically a drill that I did while I was diving. But I did dabbled in high dive last year and David Kultori taught me this back armstand drop to your feet and off 10 meter and it is so good for body control. And also I struggled with arm stands a lot throughout my career. So just handstand hold, and then you pike down and land straight on your feet and you have to be super controlled in the body. And that was, that has become my favorite girl. I still do it on occasion.
2: So now here's the, the real question is, do you have a video of you doing this? I do. The reason why I ask is somebody suggested it to Aaron to start to collect videos of every person we interview's favorite drill and attach it in our links. So if maybe when we're off, if you wouldn't mind sharing it, because then people can see it and they can try it if they want to, that would be amazing. I could do that. Awesome. So best advice you've given or received, and it could be both. If you want.
0: My dad said every, almost every day when I was growing up, do your best and have fun. And I kind of live by that motto. So that is my go-to. That's awesome.
2: That's yeah. Like I, I just tell athletes this all the time and Aaron knows this. I think we talked about it when he interviewed me is like, my go-to was always have fun and make sure my coach was happy. If those two things happened, I probably did pretty well. Like, and and it's like Aaron and I were always that way like we were probably more concerned we probably <laughs> wanted each other to do better than we actually cared for ourselves to do <laughs> like that's like you know so that's that's just great advice and it's cool that it came from your dad i think mm-hmm. um and then who would you like to hear us interview
0: next i know you guys have a lot of high profile people <laughs> i would really like to see you interview some someone from a different level of success Mm -hmm. in the diving community so like a junior college champion or Ah. i you know indian river state college is not too far away from me and they're um they always win the junior college the NCJAA. Mm -hmm. and um mike wright actually is a graduate Mm -hmm. from there before he went on so i think bringing I don't know, a recent champion, and then he was a champion too, would be really cool.
1: I actually awesome. do know a recent champion. He's from Minnesota. Um, so I'm going to have to reach out. I I know, yeah, that would be a good one. I love that idea.
2: That's, that's awesome. Well, um, like always, Olivia, we really looked forward to this one. This was amazing. It is awesome to see you involved with USA Diving. And I think you're going to make amazing positive changes that are going to help USA Diving, the community. It's just, you're going to do great things there. So I'm really grateful that you are involved at that level. Um, and I just want to say before Aaron does his stuff at the end, I just want to say, thank you. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for everything you're doing for the sport and keep up all the good work.
1: Thanks for having me guys. Yeah, of course. So hit us up on Instagram. We are at the diving pod. Our email is the diving pod at gmail.com. Again, t-shirts and hoodies for sale, divingpod.itemorder.com. Enter divepod at checkout for free shipping. Uh, Once again, Olivia, thank you so much. It was a pleasure to meet you in person before we actually did the interview. Most of the time, it's reverse. We meet you on Zoom, and then we meet in person. But this was a a nice little mix-up, little change for us. So it
0: was awesome, and thanks again. All right, well, we'll see you next time.